five, six, seven, eight. Dean sucks. to say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. This is an exciting episode, not because of the episode we're going to talk about, but because of the podcast episode, Mm. because this is the last Gilmore to Say episode that we're recording before the two of us meet. I know. Right? Wait, are we going to tell them about that? We're not going to let it be a surprise. Oh, you're right. Because by the time it happens, it'll already air. Yeah. (gasps) By the time this airs, we will have met this weekend. Oh my God. It's so exciting. I'm so excited. It doesn't feel real. Yeah, like it literally it doesn't, doesn't feel, feel real, real because I know you very well, but you and I have never met. I know. Do people know that this happens over FaceTime? They must. I mean, yeah. I will say that our recording is pretty great yeah, considering we, we, sound we do like this we're from in the a same distance. Room. Yeah, yeah, but, but we are not. No, we, we are, are not. Miles away. We are very week, far apart from each other. This weekend, we will be zero inches away from each other. I know it's so exciting. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh my god, it's going to be so weird, but we can no longer say we've never met, which is kind of I like know. a unique part of our relationship, but I know. I don't I, care. Someone asked on our uh, Patreon comments the other day, like, are you two ever going to meet? Well, and I kind twist. of wanted to <laughs> I kind of wanted to be like, no. Yeah, we're never no, going to meet this whole podcast. Yeah, our live events, I'll be in one room and you'll be in the other. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny though is I we've talked about this before. I think you're really tall. I know. I think you're really tall, too. I don't know why. I think because I'm a short height. girl and you are also yeah. a short girl, so we think each other are tall girls. No. Yeah. You're 5'3", right? Yeah. I am, too. We're going to be the same exact height. Oh, I can't wait. And it's so funny because this was a very impromptu, we're going to meet each other. And also, we yeah. thought we were going to, and then like the idea was taken away, and you were like, yeah, no, actually, times. it's not going to happen. Yeah. And then you were like, no, it's actually happening. And then last night, you were like, no, I don't have a legal form of identification. I can't get on a plane. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's not going to happen. And then you were like, no, I figured it out. It's going to happen. So there's still time, but I there's think it's going to happen. There's still plenty of days before I leave for this to get messed up again. <laughs> but I am very very pumped it's gonna be great it won't change anything about this but it's just exciting oh no it's just yeah it's exciting because it's so hilarious that we know each other as well as we do that we spend as much time together as we do we've known each other for over a year oh we've had this podcast for like eight months and here it's time we actually started recording episodes for this podcast about a year ago this time it was in september you're mm-hmm. right oh so we're coming up on like the one year anniversary of us trying to trying start the to podcast. Do this. it was horrible it was so it was very bad, bad compared to what we have now i'm so glad that we landed in a good spot but we didn't yeah. have professional microphones we had like what we thought were professional microphones it's, and it like it like auditorily sounded bad and it was like actually yeah and the, the content was not yeah the so content great. wasn't great so we're yeah. glad that we waited a couple more months but we are coming up on the one year anniversary of like planning this out with each other for sure mm-hmm. and here we go because we had known each other just on socials like we would text yeah. and message we met in like may yeah that was when we first encountered yeah. each other on socials and like talked and realized how much we had in common we dm'd in july i think we got on a call sometime in august or september yeah and that was the first time we ever had like a conversation lol crazy (laughs) and now you know that everything's ever happened in my life but you've never met me i know it's it's insane so i'm excited for that it's probably gonna be anticlimactic anticlimactic i know we're gonna be like oh my god it's you i know you 
We're going to match, I bet. Yeah. Don't tell me what you're wearing. Okay, we're not going to say anything, but we will probably show up wear wearing like, the same outfit. I was going to say, wear should we wear the rose? rose on the lapel? I almost texted you that this morning. Like, like Rory and Lorelai, yes. Absolutely. Okay. Done. Uh, I'm going to have to bring a rose all the way from Georgia. Or you can find one when you get here. Fair. You know? Or I can use my Hadestown little red flower I have that one I have. Of those too. <gasps> we'll do that. Oh, I don't know where it is. I gotta find it. It's gonna be great. But let's get into this. This is the big one. Oh, I know. Well, technically it's not the big one. It's the big one for us, but the big one's in season three. Yeah, we're not gonna get um, there for a few <laughs> years. But I do want to ask you something about the last Gilmore Revisited that we did. I have a coffee cup count contention. Okay. Because I was going through my notes of the last one, and I realized that there was one that I wrote down that I wanted to ask you about if we should count it. Okay. And in your favorite scene of Lauren Graham laying in her bed, Mm -hmm. on her nightstand is a full cup of coffee. It's when you're like looking at her overhead, it's Mm -hmm. on her left nightstand, but it's a full cup of coffee sitting there on her nightstand. Do we count that? I don't count that because we don't see her drink it. And I know we've had some where like they pour the coffee and they're holding it and we've counted it. But like, yeah, we don't know when that coffee was poured and not to like make Lorelai seem like a mess. But <laughs> we don't know gross. if that coffee has been sitting there for it's new like days. But that's the thing is like, I never remember if we're counting the ones they drink or the ones they have. It is the ones they have. But I feel like we like either watch them get poured for them or they're holding it in their hand. It has to be like some sort of If they're not drinking it. Yeah. yeah. But a good point to bring up. No, I I don't know. I don't think so. So no. I say no. And that's not just because I want to win the bet. It's because I genuinely (laughs) think that like, I don't know. It's so hard to say. It's hard to say if that was a fresh cup of coffee. I don't know that it was. It was like in the middle of the night, was it not? It was like very early in the morning because Luke shows up to open the diner. So he's clearly been out and the diner opens very early for the 6 a.m. crowd. So like. Yeah. Because when I got to the end, my coffee count was wrong. Mm. And I was like, why? But then I went back through it and I was like, it was because that one. Yeah. Just was like sitting there. I get that. I get that. That was a good eye. Good catch, Haley. I did not catch that. I imagine there's like dust settled on it. It's not fresh. It's just sitting there. So for those of you who don't follow us on Patreon, we do a coffee cup count at the end of every episode because we want to tally how many cups of coffee these girlies drink throughout the entire series. And right now, as it stands, as we're about to enter Star-Crossed Lovers and Other Strangers, at the end of Christopher Returns was 46 cups of coffee. And it's just between the Gilmore Girls. No one else. No one else. And as it seems, it's like they have to be kind of like actively participating in the coffee cup. Yeah, they have to either be holding it or it has to be poured for them if they don't drink it. Yeah. But of course, we count the ones that they do drink. Very important. Yeah. But it's actually shockingly low for how many episodes yeah. in we are to season one. 46? Yeah. Because we're on episode 16. Yep. We're at the end of disc four. Wow. Exciting. All right. So take us through it. Okay. So this is episode 16, Starcrest Lovers and Other Strangers. The title is a reference to Academy Award nominated film, Lovers and Other Strangers, Mm. which was actually Diane Keaton's film debut. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone is an uncredited extra in the movie. No way. No. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. So we have uh, a reference in the title. This one is a little bit complicated in the breakdown because the teleplay is by John Stevens and Linda 
Lozell Guzik, I think you say her name, and the story is by Joan Bender Weiss. And I looked it up on the, I mean, it's kind of obvious what the teleplay versus the story is, but right. I looked it up per like the WGA's website. Mm-hmm. And the story is, it has to be distinct from teleplay and consisting of basic narrative idea, theme, and outlining indicating character development and action. So it's basically like the story of the episode. Mm-hmm. And the teleplay is the writing of the scenes and the dialogues and the continuity mm, and gotcha. kind of like, so it, it kind of makes sense that the teleplay is basically the script and mm. the story is what happened. Right. So that's divvied up between the three of them. And it's directed by Leslie Linka Gladder, who directed the pilot. Yes, she did. Know. And it aired originally on March 8th, 2001. Mm. DVD description of this episode versus the Netflix one, like... Uh, Listen to this. This is the DVD description. The town's romance-themed Founders Firelight Festival is near, and it seems almost everyone is in love. But Lorelai is faced with her mom's matchmaking, and Dean calls it quits with Rory. Ain't love grand. Wow, they really just spoiled that entire episode for us. Like, we don't even have to recap it. We'll just skip to the next one. Yeah, we might as well. Uh, They just... that's, That's literally the whole... Wow. Why would you ruin it there? Yeah, they totally ruined it for us. <laughs> I know. The Netflix description is, Rory and Dean celebrate their three-month anniversary, but things don't go as planned. Luke's ex-girlfriend, Rachel, arrives in town. Mm. I wish they hadn't said who arrives in town, but yeah. I do prefer the Netflix one. I know. Which is rare. rare twist. Because we usually prefer the box set descriptions because they're different and, to be honest, a little cheekier. And that yeah. is cheekier, but it gives way too much away. It gives you the whole thing. Yeah, you don't need to watch the episode. Yeah. I wish they wouldn't have said Rachel, but like I also wish they wouldn't have said the entire ending of this episode. Exactly. One. Exactly. But you know what? We do have to watch the episode, if only for Chase Bradford, because oh my God. how perfectly cast was he? Oh, God. We have to get into this. So what were the <laughs> chapter titles? Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot about the chapter titles. I was just so ready to talk about Chase Bradford. <laughs> I'm not really into these. The last ones were really good, but I don't feel as good about these. Christopher Returns had really good chapter titles. So the first one, Festival Time. Okay. Two, The Sky is Falling. Three, Matchmaker Emily. Four, The Great Escape. Five, Perfect Moment, colon, Done and Undone. Mm. Six, End Credits, of course. Mm. I think End Credits was the best one. Yeah, honestly. We kick it off with the cold open. I love this cold open because I I love love a continuous shot. Continuous shots are always so impressive to me. The choreography has to be so specific. They do a lot of this in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I know that you watched it a long time ago and we'll eventually do a rewatch together. But they actually posted on their Instagram once a behind the scenes of their continuous shot. Oh, really? Oh, Oh, I want to watch that. It's so cool. It's very, very fascinating the way that they, like the maneuvering they have to do and the camera work that has to happen. And the one that they showed was a bunch of synchronized swimmers participating in this. So it had to be perfect. Oh, it was so, so good. Also... There is an older woman behind Suki when she comes into the into frame uh-huh. who's wearing a top to tail full purple two piece suit. Gorgeous no notes. Like, really? <laughs> I love her. I want to be her. I want to meet her. There's so much going on here. I did not notice that at all. I was kind of focused on the fact that it was very clear when they got to Alexis's queue and she started like, you know, it was kind of yeah. like, and now Alexis, it was like, you could like really Yeah, feel you it. could it kind of tell feel... that she was like, okay, so me now? My turn? Yeah, me? Okay, I go I'm now. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. love Patty's narration here. I know. Like it just oh, she was Miss the Patty's story person. hour. I want to go. I want to sit know. on the carpet with these kids, crisscross applesauce. They're so I excited. Know. They're so excited to hear her talk about the time she danced in a cage for Tito Puente. 
uh, me. <laughs> like they're tiny children. Um, I have a question for you about this narration mm-hmm. because it's talking about how Stars Hollow came to be mm-hmm. and like the history of Stars Hollow. This is kind of contradicted in To Live and Let Diorama mm-hmm. when he's like, those stars so bright, the forest hollow. Mm-hmm. hollow stars and then it like cuts out which is so fascinating because isn't taylor kind of the one narrating that well t- yeah taylor did all of this he set up all of like the mannequins and yeah the diorama but does he, he actually use his voice do they use michael winter's voice oh, i can never tell i think so i think they so. could have we'll we'll have to find out when we get there but yeah he's the one narrating it he's the one who built this entire museum out of the twickham house and yet he was so adamant in the diner yeah. later in this episode with miss patty about the founding yeah. of stars hollow it was confusing because like why would they not have the two people who were in love in the diorama you mm. know that that's what i was like huh yeah, suspect. Very sus. Yeah. Maybe he was one of the lovers and he left his wife. Mm, maybe. Who knows? But all around, great cold open. Love. Loved love it. it. Much shorter than the Christopher Returns cold open, which was 25 <laughs> years long. Yeah. <laughs> so we get the first scene of all scenes. Dean's scene of all scenes after the cold open, after the opening credits. I love how this starts. I do too. I also love how their date starts. That's the theme, right? It starts out real good. And then it just goes in a totally different direction. It's so cute that he's just like sitting there. He's really trying to read Anna Karenina, but like he's not liking it. But it's one of her favorite books. So he says, I'll keep trying. Yeah. I'm like, I know. That's all I want. I love that he's waiting for her when she gets off the bus. It's very, very sweet. There are some chivalrous qualities to Dean, which I think are really, really cute. And yeah. that's what I think initially distracted us all from the not so great qualities about I know. Dean. I'm feeling cute Dean vibes and I didn't expect it going into this. Well, buckle up, <laughs> Haley. Just buckle wait. up on Patty. Anyway, this is when Rory makes mention of the town celebrating when they got off the septic tank system, which apparently didn't last long since there are signs no. everywhere in the revival 16 years later about them getting off the septic system. It's just so specific of a thing, like a joke to make mm-hmm. in the revival to like have such a specific moment of it contradicted in the series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys, come no on. One, no one thought where, about this. Who were these super assistants that were dealing with the continuity? I know. There's that. a lot of discrepancies that I, I have to take issue with yeah. in this episode that come from the last episode that we recapped Christopher returns yeah this past Friday but before we get into the steam conversation they threw away star-shaped hot dogs oh that I know. was just such a throwaway line I know uh, would you eat a star-shaped hot dog what is a star-shaped hot dog how do you have a hot dog that's star-shaped well they're little like the little cylinders you're thinking like oh. a flat one. Oh my god <laughs> you know what I mean they like, like they cut, cut them like they cut the cylinders like, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it was like almost they put it through like a it's long. Yeah. It's like a long... Yeah. I was like, how... It's like a hamburger. It's like sausage. No, I know. Okay. I Ooh, that was that was a hard... That was hard for me. That's okay. <laughs> we got there. We made it. We so got there. We yeah. <laughs> so, then comes the pivotal question. So, what are you doing Friday night? Y'all have been dating for three months, and you do not know what this girlie's got going on on a Friday night, Dean? Dean. Is this where we mention, though... The absolute inconsistency in the time frame of this. Okay, so we talked about this in our recap of Christopher Returns on Patreon. The timeline does not add up. They've only been dating for three months. The amount of episodes that have passed here between Forgiveness and Stuff and this episode, we've had five episodes. Yeah. Which are 
Paris, Paris is Burning, Burning Double Date, Date, Concert Interruptus, That Damn Donna Reed, and, and Christopher, Christopher Returns. Returns. And now here we are, and only three months has passed, which makes it January 8th. Just before, because Friday is January 8th. Yes. So we're like right after the new year. Forgiveness and stuff was the Christmas holiday. And you're telling me. And it was like two weeks before Christmas. Yes. But you're telling me that all five of these episodes, all of the things that we've seen between forgiveness and stuff and this episode happened within like two weeks of each other. Yeah. And that cannot be possible because <laughs> of everything we broke down in There's Paris so is many Burning. There's so that happen. Yeah. It makes no sense. Here's the other thing is that. In Concert Interruptus, Louise asks Rory how long she and Dean have been dating. And she says, about a month. That doesn't make any sense because that would mean it would have to be around November 8th or early November. And this is after forgiveness and stuff. Oh my God. Which is two weeks before Christmas. Y'all did not think about this. The writers did not think about this. We think about this nonstop. Of course we do. It's just on a loop in my mind as I try yeah, to sleep at night. They cannot get the timeline right. It would have made so much sense if they would have been like a six month anniversary. Word for word, I, that was the next sentence to come out of my mouth. This happening on April 8th would have made so much more sense so timeline wise since we only get a few more episodes after this one as we approach the end of Rory's first year at Chilton. Any period of time that this could have happened in that was not three months. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I will also say sense. six months feels like a little bit more of a milestone and that's no judgment because maybe it was because of the show. It's one of those things that we talk about that yeah. like sat with me when I was a kid. I celebrated my three month anniversary when I was Rory's age with my boyfriend because I thought that that was a milestone because Gilmore <laughs> Girls taught me it was a milestone. Yeah. And it, when you're in high school, I think that it is, it can be, but like, like three years, six Six months would have been so much more appropriate for the timeline. Yeah, I don't. It just doesn't make any sense. I know. So like the last five episodes have taken place over the course of six days. And here we are. Here we are. So let's break this down. Dean says, technically it should be Saturday because your birthday is on a Saturday, but I work on Saturday and I plan this whole big thing. I thought that maybe we could do it on Friday. That also doesn't make any sense. Months don't work like that. It's not like day to day. It's date to date. But also like... What about Sunday? I brought this up in our first episode. So I'm sorry if the things that we're about to say feel a little redundant, but I don't remember what I said eight, nine months ago. She was different. (laughs) Truly. It's just that I don't understand why he picked Friday. And a lot of people argue that it could have been because of the Firelight Festival. Yes. And that's very understandable. But you know that she has a commitment on Friday night. A lot of people also like to argue, well, he has work and work is more important than a dinner. It's not just a dinner. This is a requirement for her to fulfill in order for her grandparents to pay for her to go to school. And it's like they both have a commitment that they need to uphold. Let's do Sunday because he wasn't even really the one that wanted to go to the Firelight Festival. It wasn't really a part of their date. It would have made sense for them to like meet up after Friday night dinner and then go to their date on Sunday. Mm -hmm. It would have been so easy. Yeah. And like in his defense, I think she totally would have rather have gone to the date. Oh, for sure. It was like sweet. If I were 16, I would have wanted to go on the date too. At 30 years old, I'd want to go on the date too. Yeah, she's available every other day of the week, Dean. Yeah, you know that. You Why know would you ask her this? what she's doing on Friday? <laughs> what are you doing on Friday? The same thing she does every Friday, every Dean. You guys have been dating for three months. Yeah. You love this girl and you don't know what she's doing on a Friday night? I can't. I cannot also either. But this is when we get another Troubadour sighting because as we noted in a couple episodes prior, I think this is only his second appearance. We saw him for the first time a couple weeks ago and here we are. The Troop sighting. I Mm. love. We love a Troop sighting. (laughs) 
Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropologie's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement.
So then we go to the Lorelai's house. This is where Lorelai and I are the same person because I absolutely cannot cook. Even with hamburger <laughs> she helper. She It's a no-go for me. I want to. Yeah. But no. This scene feels like way out of the blue. That she's like, I'm sad about Mr. Medina. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it is out of the blue, but it's kind of tonally keeping with the like star-crossed lovers vibe it makes more sense later but like here it just feels like we haven't seen hide our hair of him since they ended things and paris is burning yeah but that was like five or six days ago Haley. so come on you're right (laughs) oh this was like three days (laughs) still fresh so fresh (laughs) she went on a date with rune she tried to paint with luke she She had sex with christopher and now it is a couple days later she misses max absolutely (laughs) that's the only thing that makes sense the only explanation. No notes. <laughs> we get a really weird lighting change and a boom mic moment when Lorelai gets up to grab the phone to call Emily. It's like it shifts to kind of like a light washed out blue tones, even though this entire episode is in like warm tones. Well, this was like most commented thing on my TikTok last year where everyone was like, talk about the boom drop and star-crossed lovers. Talk about this. Talk about this. But it's because of the aspect ratio change, it's only on Netflix. Like mm. if you go to the box set and watch on, watch it on the DVD, of course, it's because yeah. of like the adjustment that they had to like widen the shot. So mm-hmm. of course it's going to be there. But like everyone was like, boom, mic drop, boom, mic drop. I'm like, they didn't have it originally. Do you think that's why that twig that was in the camera frame in Christopher Ooh, Returns was there? Because they didn't know and then when they adjusted the aspect ratio all of a sudden it was there oh i'm gonna go back and watch that on the dvd you should should have done that yeah we'll have it for the next one for sure i love when lorelei imitates emily i love it so (laughs) much she does so good hold on i'm going to cartwheel i love it so much why did she call her and not think that emily was gonna answer yeah she seems shocked that emily answers the phone like yeah you called you, you called, you called her. her. The season one Lorelai's house is weird because of that like non-entry in Lorelai's yeah. house. I know. I keep like watching to see when that when happens. When it's going to change. Like, nope, hasn't changed yet. Because yeah. that piano is right up against it that nobody plays. Luke comes over. Hits yeah. the keys. You yeah, know? Hits the keys a little bit. Or the town troubadour comes over. <laughs> right. You know. That's where he practices. Gotta have something for him to do when he comes over. For sure. So then we go to Chilton. This is the first time that we've seen Madeline, Louise, and Paris since Concert Interruptus when Madeline, Louise got Gilmore and we caught our first glimpse of Mac and Cheese Paris. I know. Do you think they've recovered? I They must have because we don't really see any fallout from that. Like, no. They invite Rory to the party that Madeline's throwing yeah. at her house. Like it seems very they're casual. Not bothered by it. No, they're not being mean girls to her. No, all these makeout spots that they're listing. Do you think these are places that they've made out? Oh, like, do definitely. you think they've made out at a Starbucks? <laughs> For sure. No doubt in my that. mind. And here, speaking of making out, we have Tristan making out with a girl who goes, it's the assignment. But this is summer, right? So, yeah. But she plays the girl who goes, it's the oh, assignment. Yeah. She also stars transferred to Chilton. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. She apparently transferred to Chilton, changed her name to Summer. Or was always yeah. Summer. Who's to say? Who's to say? Now, I have a question for you. What do you think Tristan's angle with Paris is here? Because when Rory finally taps him on yeah. the shoulder and is like, can you move? Why can they not hear them? I know. I'm like, y'all, open your ears, open your eyes, take your tongues well, out of each other's mouths. Their mouths are clearly open. <laughs> really. But he looks at Paris and he's like, hey, Paris. And it's like, what? What? I still think it's the make Rory jealous setup. There's a lot going on for well, Tristan Well, he's making here. out with Summer? He's making out with Summer. He's still using Paris to make Rory jealous, and he's still into Rory. Ugh. When he walks away and says to be young and in love, I'm like, you got a lot going on. You got Yuck. a lot of love Ugh. stirring about here. Yikes. Yeah. Tristan's ick. Tristan is big ick. I'm sorry. For all of you who are team Tristan, 
I don't. It's Chad Michael Murray. I get that. Sometimes I get cutie vibes. I mean, I think in the next couple of episodes, yeah, he softens. I get cutie vibes. Yeah, but right maybe now, maybe that I'm was like, the direction they were trying to take his character in. But like, I don't. I know. really feel like it was like setting up like a real enemies to lovers mm-hmm. here. I'm kind of sad that it never manifested. I love enemies to lovers. Yeah. Well, this like making out sesh sets us up for all the making I out know. sessions in the Independence Inn. Madeline Louise should have. Listed uh, kitchen and in lobby. Exactly. <laughs> places to everybody's macking. Also, yeah. where is the entire kitchen staff? They left. Suki was macking with Jackson. And they were like, we gotta <laughs> they go. They We're taking our lunch. <laughs> yeah. No coffee. No coffee. Sad. Very sad. And then Michelle also has a date. I know. Ooh la la. Love abounds. Why does Michelle always button his suits up like that? Do you notice that? He always has every single button on every his suit button. jacket closed and i get it it was the 2000s and you know jackets were built that way but i don't know looks weird he gets more stylish in the revival well he gets more stylish as the show style changes yeah yeah that's exactly it because the styles get more stylish Mm -hmm. so he in turn gets more stylish (laughs) so then we cut back to the town square this is when laurel almost gets impaled by that star like why does this suddenly have like spooky vibes like this is what i kind of imagine like a like a halloween episode would have been like yeah for gilmore girls but it's like but like love spooky vibes Mm. i kind of loved it but she yeah she almost died i know but thank god she didn't but i love that guy who comes up for his one line that almost never happens (laughs) He was so concerned. Great job, bud. And then we get the iconic walk into Luke's coffee, please, with a shot of cynicism. Oh, love it. Classic. And we get our first cup of coffee. Now, would you consider this one cup of coffee or two cups of coffee? Because he refills the cup of coffee. Oh, I don't think we've ever had this before. Mm-hmm. So he comes back to the counter and pours in more. Well, so he gives her the cup of coffee and then they have that whole exchange with Taylor and Patty where they're arguing about the actual story of stars of the founding of Stars Hollow. Yeah. And then they have like a little bit about Lorelai being bipolar, which was very off color. Yeah. And then he comes back around and she says something to the effect of like, oh, I love all this hate and loathing. And Luke like leans over and he's like, it's so good to talk to somebody about this. More coffee? Yes. And that's when she goes, hey, I'm thinking about despising everybody who says, hey, how's it going? And then Rachel walks in. So he does refill her coffee cup, but it's almost like it wasn't. Did he fill it up the first time? I don't know. I say we count it as one. Yeah. He really only puts a couple drops in at a time, honestly, whenever he's pouring. That's That's Scott Patterson. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll count it as one cup of coffee. Okay. Also, I kind of love the Patty Taylor meeting that's happening back here where they're trying to decide if these two people threw themselves on the fire or they were lighting it to keep themselves warm. (laughs) And of course, Taylor's the one to be like, no, they threw themselves on the fire. (laughs) No, it was Patty, I thought. No, Patty was like, they they wanted to keep themselves warm. Oh, I I mixed that up. You did? I thought it was Patty that said that they were throwing themselves on the fire. Which one is it? Do we look we have up? to look it up. We have to check because I thought it was Patty. Let me pull it up. No, you're right. Taylor's like they threw themselves. <laughs> yeah, he's like so into this idea that they threw themselves on the fire. Okay, wait. I love that even more because he's like they threw themselves on the fire, and, and Patty's, Patty's like, like it's not that crazy. Deep. Yeah. Why did that not end up into Live and Let Diorama? That would have been so amazing. He was so adamant. That they threw themselves on the fire. I love that. Yeah. I hope they threw themselves on the fire. I like to also think this is like a Star's Hollow Mafia meeting between the two of them. Oh, yeah. I also love that they immediately get up after that conversation because I can feel Patty kicking herself for not staying 
just 30 more oh, seconds to watch absolutely. this entire interaction take place when Rachel walks in the door. Yeah. Because that would have been the talk of the town. And I'm sure it was, but like, yeah, totally we don't was. really get that as much as we get it in like Written in the Stars or Sadie Sadie, like even Christopher Returns. <laughs> yes, we just witnessed it in Christopher Returns, but Rachel returns and yet nothing? Behind the scenes, outside Luke's. Behind the scenes babble. Do you like the way that this happens? The, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Rachel. Rachel? You're, You're Rachel? Rachel? You're Rachel? Yep, I'm Rachel. I was like, that's... I did love the play on words. I wish that it had maybe been crafted a little bit differently. Because the way that Rachel just walks in and goes, hey, how's it going? Given the history between her and Luke is like, no, we should have picked a different phrase. Yeah. And like, that was the thing. It's like, that was a setup. They could have picked anything for Lori to say that she's going to hate people for saying. Yeah. Like, even just hi. She walks in. Yeah. It was it was funny, the play on. Oh, for sure. But like, the execution of it. I was just like, how many times are we going to say Rachel right now? Yeah. No, I, I did like it. I just think that if this had been season two or season three, it would have been written a little wittier, a little smarter. Yeah. It could have been smarter. You're right. Yeah. It was funny, funny on paper, but in execution, I was like, hmm. Do you think she's Elle McPherson pretty? Well, I was going to say, we talked about this in Concert Interruptus. I almost feel like they cast a woman who is gorgeous and does have a likeness to that of Elle McPherson, as Suki equates her to, but I almost feel like they picked this actress based on that and not necessarily on her personality because the way that Suki describes Rachel in Concert Interruptus is like, yeah. she flings herself off of cliffs and she flies she wherever she like wants to. She does look like she just flew an airplane here. Yeah. Like, she does have that true. vibe. She's got like a little bit of a safari vibe going on. Yeah. But like... <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I just in general, and we can talk about this as we continue to move through these last few episodes of season one, I just needed more out of Rachel. Yeah. She felt bland. Super bland. Even in this episode, it's just kind yeah. of like, she's not that captivating. Kind of dull. I needed someone who was so captivating energy-wise, and yes, of course, yeah. was like beautiful. Do you think they gave her a chance to be, though? I don't feel like any of like the scenes that she's in, like... I almost feel like we needed like her entrance to be more like show stopping mm -hmm, a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like Lorelai and Luke are talking and like it's like I almost needed Taylor and Patty to be there and everyone to be like <gasps> Exactly. I feel like the you know? stakes needed to be higher. I mean the yeah. fact that she shows up during the Founders Firelight Festival when everybody is in love and it's just kind of like Lorelai is feeling really down already because of Max and she and Luke are like seemingly maybe on the cusp of something. She got kind of lost in the rest of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all of that is to say, like, I do think that they picked the right time for her to come in. I just wish that we were building towards something like I do think that they were really trying to kind of showcase the relationship that Luke and Lorelai have with each other. He like cozies up to her and pours her the coffee. Yeah. After having that damn Donna Reed with their almost moment behind the counter. And then she really mm -hmm. lets him down and Christopher returns. And you can see his disappointment. Like, you know, the feelings are sort of brewing and bubbling. In the progression of it, it makes sense. But, but the stakes weren't high enough for me. No. And I do agree with you that I wish that Patty was there just gawking in the background <laughs> on her cell phone. Yeah, that just... I think from what we had, it could have felt that way, but it just never did because she just, it was just another thing that we were moving through. Yeah. So Rachel's standing there. 
Lorelai, uh, I am Lorelai in all of this. I would be babbling like an idiot and then leaving immediately with a send off. Like I have to go sit in a closet or something and then fully obsessing about it as I I replay it on a loop over and over again (laughs) in my head for the rest of the day. That would be me. But before that, you know, Luke has no idea what to do. He's just standing there. We've never seen Luke this like speechless and like shy but like intrigued like no can't make eye contact yeah he's very very taken aback he's very speechless and you know Lorelai's trying to push the conversation along and they've done a really good job at like framing the two of them sitting next to each other like Luke is literally being presented with two different options here and they're sitting beside each other in his diner on the other side of the counter but Mm -hmm. when Lorelai does eventually introduce herself and talks about how she runs the Independence Inn Rachel says wow I love that place so that begs the question of how they never met when Rachel was in Stars Hollow. They really tried to explain that off in Concert Interrupt Us, but it still does not make no, sense. No, it does not add up. Like, how did Rachel and Lorelai not meet? So it strikes me as odd that Luke and Lorelai never met, especially because of Luke's relationship with Mia, because they're very close. Oh, yeah. And so it's like maybe Rachel went to go see Mia. Wouldn't Mia have introduced Rachel to Lorelai? They're the same age. That's the they're other very thing. similar. They're both young. They're they seem teens. to get along very well in the episodes that we come to watch. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And I know she was very focused on being like her job, being a maid and being a mother to Rory sure. and raising a baby as a teenager. But like, it just doesn't quite make sense. No, it doesn't add up. A lot of season one doesn't add up, yeah. but that's okay. I do love that Rachel says here, please don't let me drive you away. <laughs> well, you do. You did and you do. And then, you know what? She doesn't. Rachel drives herself away. That's sad. That is very true. It's very, very temporary that Lorelai gets driven away. But she yeah. does get driven away to Max. Like, yeah. especially in this episode and then we come to discover later in the season. It's like, I-, I don't know what would have happened had Rachel not shown up. Do you think something would have transpired with Lorelai and Luke? I mean, obviously it's a plot device to keep the two of them apart and we know that. I think we needed Rachel for the Luke realization. Mm-hmm. Because we get a little bit of that at the end of this episode. For sure. We'll, we'll talk about we'll get it there in a minute. Yeah. So Lorelai leaves. She's babbling. She is just. When is she not? <laughs> I mean, when is she not? But like she is just playing this moment over and over and over again in her head when she is talking to Rory about it, helping her get ready for her anniversary Dang. dinner. Yeah. And here we have Lorelai in her classic Lorelai blue with a matching headband to boot. Full blue outfit. Oh, yeah. Do you think that for Rory's 21st birthday, Lorelai finally told her about her dirty Max Medina dream or no? <gasps> I hope not. <laughs> Do you think they were too focused on playing blackjack going and, on? Yeah, and getting twenty one guys numbers. Though if your mom had a dream nope. of your Don't, teacher, nope, 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 nope. Do you want her to tell you? Nope. <laughs> Jeannie Beating can keep that to herself. Yep. Have you ever done the lady in the tramp with anybody with the spaghetti? No. No. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> no. Totally. Of Have course, you done to it with be more than one silly. person? Yeah, of course, to be silly, you know. Have you ever done it romantically? No. <laughs> I would love that. But only with the spaghetti. I didn't, with your I didn't push the meatball with my nose, no. Nor did the person who I was with push the meatball okay. with their nose. But you know, like when you were when you were like younger, like when I was a teenager, it was totally oh, yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, sure. Like it was usually yeah. with like a Twizzler, maybe with a piece of spaghetti, you know? Have you ever done it like on a date with a boy? No. Probably okay. not. I mean, not that I, think I can that remember. That's where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> no, I just meant like when you were like a kid, like in middle yeah, school, like or in a like silly. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like a game of chicken. You were like, okay, who's gonna break off first? I don't think that that's what she was implying here, but I don't think so either. <laughs> were you gonna ask me if that's what we were gonna do when you came to New York? No. <laughs> 
Are you going to have a plate of spaghetti waiting for me when you get off the plane? Oh my God, I am. I'm going to wear a red red rose and a plate of spaghetti, bring it all the way from Georgia so it's authentic, you know? Yeah, of course. Authentic spaghetti from Georgia is my dream. Anyway, so we kind of get more of the same of Lorelai being sad about Max. This is where I feel like it makes sense. You know, the idea of... Like, you haven't had a lot of time to focus on something, Mm -hmm. but then when you do, it's usually triggered by something like a dream. And then the next day you're like, this is kind of all I can think about, and I didn't really realize how much this was consuming me, Yeah, and this kind of hurts now. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I felt like this conversation was very appropriate, but redundant from a few scenes prior, because it's like... Did we really need to get this in that first scene? I agree with you. I don't think we needed it here. Makes sense. But I do love that it's kind of like she talks about it. She explains her feelings and then she's like, but you have your date. This night is about you. And then Lane comes in with her giant coat. That coat could fit all of us. Well, it's January 8th, so... Yes, it is. They had to backtrack. (laughs) It's really cold all of a sudden. Yeah, I love that she says, wow, three months. That's like 164th of your life. (laughs) Always Lane with the realistic take. I love it. I love it. This is when we find out that Lane will be attending the Founders Firelight Festival with her date and a caravan full of his family. That poor Lane. What I do love about the, the kooky, crazy dates that Lane gets set up on is that we always catch glimpses of them. It's like the pilot. Yeah, Which I was gonna say makes that a lot of sense because yeah. Leslie Linka Gladder does a oh, pilot, yeah. and then we get this again where we just see Lane's date happen in the background. It's amazing, yeah. gorgeous, You're no right. notes, love it. Um, and then Dean honks, hasn't learned, hasn't learned a thing, a thing from Emily since Gilmore. The parties, yeah. Or no, not the birthday parties from the dance. So Lorelai goes to Friday night dinner. This is when we get our second coffee cup, a little to go moment. This is also a big me move. I would just shove that empty coffee cup in my purse, <laughs> no matter how tiny the purse. There's also still those lights that I hate. I know. The lights that I hate outside the Gilmores. Yeah. They're just so tacky. I know. Emily Gilmore would never. Oh, I agree. I think this is the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, that we see Lorelai at the Gilmores without Rory since the pilot. I think you're right. Because I feel Rory's like she turns Lorelei. into a total teenager. Yeah. You know, she just sort of recoils. And I know that a lot of that has to do with the fact that we've just come from Christopher Returns. The last Friday night dinner they had was not pleasant. But her emotional support daughter is not there. Exactly. So So she's babbling once again. This is a big babbling episode for Lorelai. And again, she does babble a lot, but... She's in a lot of, like, awkward, nervous situations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I love how all of this babbling ends when he's just like, just sit with your hands in your lap. Can you just sit down with your hands in your lap? His face this entire (laughs) time is so funny. Edward Herman. What a gem. What a gem. And then Chase Bradford arrives. No. Immediately no. Chase Bradford was Brett's absolute favorite guest on Gilmore Girls so far. He goes, does this guy come back? I was like, no, honey. <laughs> no, he does not come back. God. He loves this man because be fair, he's brilliantly him. cast. He is he so liked cringe. better than Rune? Oh, I don't know. We haven't checked in about that. Oh, I love Rune. But this man, I'm like, no. I know. But he's perfect for he's like the actor who played this role did such a fantastic job because he's so cringe. He's so yucky. So ick. Yuck, yuck. <laughs> Comically ick. And now it all makes sense, right? Emily was a little mastermind. She was like, great. Yeah. Rory's not going to come, so I will invite a man. Connecticut Ken. <laughs> Connecticut. That's exactly what he is. He's like a strange, like, off-brand Ken doll come to life. Literally. It's very scary. But Emily in the kitchen, Ooh. what was the last relationship you had that lasted that long? Ooh. 
spilling truth, but also at the wrong time. <laughs> wrong time <laughs> My for is She points at her like at the beginning, and then Emily points at her at the end of this conversation, Ooh. like little bookend. And then it's Team Richard and Lorelai, which. Oh. I love this is kind one of, of my, one of my favorite Richard Lorelai episodes. Yeah. I love how much Richard despises this man. That is my favorite part of this entire episode. I kind of wish she would have told this story in the revival. I wrote that down. I literally wrote that About down later when, when she goes out the window. I said, yeah. this is one of my favorite Richard Lorelai moments. Why did she not talk about this after his funeral? It was so great. Oh, I agree. So then we go to the anniversary dinner. So cute. Super cute. Dean in a turtleneck. Oh. I love. I'm still giving cutie so vibes. Cute. Even though, like, you know, at the beginning of this episode, I was like, why does it have to be Friday? Now they're here. They've arrived. It's a super cute, cute date. You can tell. He's being so considerate. He's looking at her. Oh, I love the way he looks at her because he totally loves her. Yeah. It is very cute. He gets her three kinds of pasta. I know. Also, I love this waiter. More of this waiter. This was actually this actor's television debut, according was to IMDb, it? and he crushed it. Gorgeous. No I love that for him. I know. They're at a very fancy restaurant because he is in like coat and tails. Oh, yeah. Like this is very fancy place. I know. Very upscale. Yeah. I understand. And he brings in the tiramisu, which Rory says that if the date had been going poorly, the tiramisu would have saved it. (laughs) I was like, they should have taken this to go and eaten this in the junkyard where Dean takes her. It would have saved everything. It would have been fine. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I smiled that whole scene though. I know it, was it just is cute. cute. Very, very cute. The way he watches her as she's eating, it's very yeah. sweet mm-hmm. and very sad when we know what's to come. I know. I feel like our listeners might find this unexpected from you from this episode to have such I'm trying to draw him some bones vibes. because I'm about to roast him real hard. Anyway, so we oh. go to Friday night dinner. A-R-N. That was amazing. I was I was cackling at Lorelai in this scene. Have I seen this episode before? A thousand times. But I loved it so much. I know, it's so but good. But you know what I realized? One of the reasons I hate Chase Bradford is because he reminds me of season seven, episode eight, introducing Lorelai Planetarium when they're at Logan's launch party and they're talking about that guy who is like having all the problems building his house on Beef Island. Oh, okay. Do you remember him? No. He talks in the exact same, like cadence and he is just as insufferable this guy does it way better but I was like he reminds me exactly of him because for a second I was like is this the same guy absolutely not but like I'm just like similar vibes icky vibes yeah totally yeah icky icky vibes but never never has stars hollow been uttered so disgustingly in all of its history of being a a phrase (laughs) a place and he's like I want to hear about this stars hollow miles and miles miles reaches his hand across the table uh, oh we do not get the hand extension yet not oh, yet in the this next is scene? in the next okay, Friday I'm too far ahead. Scene. I've gone too classic we'll uh, get there just, okay so we go back to the Founders Firelight Festival and here comes Mayor Porter for the last time for the last time bye Mayor Porter bye buddy the, this this moment that Dean is like what book did you bring oh she always brings a book I was like I'd be swooning I'd be on the ground I know if, if I was on a date and a boy was like, what book did you bring? Yeah. And was interested. We're building towards this. And I'm like, I'm going to get let down so hard because my Dean QD vibes are like through the roof right now. Oh, I'm sorry for what's about to happen to you. 
I know. It's a hard time. I love the comedy of them losing the matches every single year and that Rory already knows it's going to happen. She's like, come on. Yeah, she's like, let's go. Let's go. And he's like, we have to wait. She's like, no, 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 we won't miss it. Don't worry. Yeah. So then we come back to Friday night dinner and this is when we get the Chase Bradford hand extension. Shall we? Oh, yeah. This is also coffee cup number three. Yes, it is. They're drinking coffee at dinner. But yes, this is the one with the hand. I'm I'm going to go powder my Shall we? (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like crying at this. You're right. He does a great job. He's so good. He's so perfect. No notes. I fucking hate him. I know. That's why he's so good. that I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. But like he does (laughs) such a great job. I also love that Richard is so put off by him. And then at the end of the scene, as Lorelai's getting up, he just pulls out his newspaper. He's so over this. <laughs> Relatable. He is so over this. So Lorelai goes upstairs, right? She's in her room. Right. Why did Emily take Lorelai's coat when she came in and put it all the way upstairs in her bedroom? For the plot. Well, sure. Because <laughs> how was Lorelai going to leave without her coat? I would have made more sense for Lorelai to leave without her coat oh, yeah. than to think about Emily or the maid. Whoever walking up. There's not a maid in there, is there? Well, there was a maid when Emily picked up the phone yeah. earlier in the episode, but a maid is not answering the door yet. Yeah. Emily's so still answering em- the door. Emily walked upstairs to Lorelai's room, put the coat on the bed so that later Lorelai could leave and have her coat. <laughs> okay. Thank you. She fixed That's it. That's doing it for the plot. Yes, truly. <laughs> but like I said, this is one of my favorite Richard Lorelai moments. And I'm very, very Hi, Daddy. sad that she didn't bring that up in the revival. Yeah. Because we watched this. We witnessed this. I know they did that for the plot. They needed to. But I love this moment between the two of them. And it also harkens back to the episode prior when Christopher and Lorelai are out on the balcony and they come back in and she's like, we got to seal these windows. Nope. No, girly. That was your escape route. Okay. You are right that it's in her room, but the staging of it in the last episode was so different than like the view from where she's climbing out the window right now. Oh, really? You know, like it would have been like right in front of her bed with like her dollhouse in the window. Oh. So it was just like set up differently. So I was like confused as like to where they were, but it just yeah. like the other end of it, the way they staged it was yeah. odd. I was so confused about where this was. But I'm just right, also curious room. how she got down there. She's shimmying down I the drain pipe, Rizzo style. <laughs> I don't know. She's, she's crafty, that girl. She's Yeah. I mean, she's had a lot of practice. Athletic. But. Yes, very true. So he lets her leave. I'm shocked that this doesn't come up between Emily and Lorelai at some point in the future. Yeah. She never brings this up. I don't think so. Oh. So, and this is also how we know that Christopher Returns was only the week prior. Lorelai says to Richard, I'm sorry we fought last week. No, it was yesterday because it's January 8th. Literally. (laughs) But it was last week. Weeks are days in Stars Hollow and the sun sets at three. (laughs) The sun sets at three. Because, like, in that case, like, Richard was maybe still in the hospital. Yeah, truly. Anyway, so now we go we don't know. to the junkyard. Here we go. I, it's so cute. It he starts felt- out kind of cute, but I won't lie. When we first watched this episode, Brett goes, is he going to murder her? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This episode has like the makings of spooky vibes. Yes. But they never like manifest like Lorelai's about to die. Everyone's making out like, like it just feels ominous. And then when we get to the junkyard, it's like, what is going to happen? And then it's super sweet. I know. He's building her a car. If a boy was going to build you a car at 16, what would you oh do? Oh my God, I would swoon. Die. I know. Die in the it good way. It starts out super cute. He's building her a car. It's so thoughtful, unique, generous. We're starting off really strong. Oh, My Love yeah. by John Lennon is playing. Everything looks like it's going in a really yeah. good direction. When he says, I'll fix that, when the door falls off. I know. Just, I like it that way. Oh, oh so cute. Great. They're staring up at the sky. They're snuggling. Question. 
when they're sitting in the car, is there another scene of us seeing anyone sitting in this car like this until we get Jess and Rory in it? Like, do Rory and Dean, do we get, like, a scene in the car? Because I know Richard and Star's hollow when yeah. he's finished the car. But I don't think we get, like, a car scene. I don't think we do either. So, like, the next time we really get a meaningful moment with the car beyond, like, checking out the car with Gypsy mm-hmm. is with Jess. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because he's like, he's building it for her so she doesn't have to ride the bus anymore. Know, but she so still rides that bus. Well, to be fair, she didn't get much time. Richard and Stars Hollow to teach Yeah, me I was going to say, there wasn't a lot of time with that car. Yeah. He literally finished it and then Jess crashed yep. it. <laughs> Oops. Dead. So they're staring at the sky, they're snuggling, but Rory is putting like such a damper on this moment with what she's saying. She's like, it's sad because nothing may ever be this good again. I think that both Jess and Logan would have understood the sentiment of something being so spectacularly happy that it turns back around to being sad. Because when, when Dean is like, you're very weird, I feel like both Jess and Logan would have understood that sentiment. Mm. But he goes, you're very weird. Yeah. He was like, so I'm depressing you? It's like, no, she's so happy that the thought of this moment ending is what's sad. Yeah. And I was like, that's so sweet. And then he's like, you're very weird. I'm like, Jess would have known. Logan would have gotten it. Yeah, like, they would have understood. Because their emotions run real deep. I hate to compare them. I know. But like. I know. In but you know moment, what? It I is painfully like, true given what's about to happen. So. Yeah. Let's get into it. Well, this journey is interesting because we talked about in the last episode that it's kind of like love and war and snow to Christopher returns to this episode. Mm-hmm. And when she's talking about at the end of love and war and snow about do you love Max? This was written by joan bender weiss who did the story for this episode Mm -hmm. so it makes sense that that's like continuous because when we get here he says i love you and Mm. everything goes to shit so do you think that's why do you think joan bender weiss was like oh love and war and snow still winter it's her fault (laughs) she's like okay i know where we are in the story nope no because john and linda they wrote the teleplay they would have written the dialogue right you're right but maybe she got the, the continuity wrong yeah it's all their fault Everyone's fault at this point. WB, Amy, Dan, Alexis, Lauren, everyone's fault. Jared Padalecki. There's it's no one that's not fault. at fault. Here. Yeah, it's Dean's fault. <laughs> Dean's fault. Dean sucks. End of story. Okay. So, speaking of Dean sucks, we get yeah. the big buildup, and he says, I love you. And Rory completely freezes. Now, here's what I'll give Dean until I don't. There's a little bit that I give him here. You're right. If I was 16 years old, or honestly, any years old, and I said, I love you. And this person did not say it back. They just froze. I would feel massively rejected. And that rejection yeah. is obviously compounded by the fact that he's 16 years old. And like his emotions Very are unsteady and all over this. the place, right? Yeah. More than that, she says, I love the car. Oops. I love Oops. the car. So yeah. I understand Dean in this moment. He's confused. Yeah. He's hurt. He's feeling rejected. Probably a little embarrassed. Yeah. But those emotions then manifest themselves in anger. And that That's is the, the problem. problem. That's the problem. When he says love is something you feel or don't, I totally agree with that. That was it's the not next thing that was about to come out of my mouth. It's not something you think your way into. Yeah. You feel it or you don't. But you might need to think about what it means to say it. Think about the fact that like, is this what I'm feeling? Is this love? Yeah, because she's feeling these things for the first time. Like when you're a teenager, yeah. these feelings are unfamiliar and it is very easy to say, I love you. Even if those feelings yeah. are super surface and she's because really thinking about this. light and airy and yeah. sweet. And you think that's what it is. And I appreciate that Rory doesn't want to be cavalier or careless with her words, but like this right. is where I start to fall off on Dean. This is where I think yeah. a lot of people oh, fall off on Dean. 
He's so fucking rude. He's and mean. I understand he's he a teenager. Mean. Yeah. And he's experiencing rejection. But this is someone you love. You just said that to her. Mm-hmm. And now you're being so mean to her. You're going to talk about it with your mom, make one of your pro-con lists. She said, not fair. And he says, I'm sorry. But, like, he doesn't mean it. No, he doesn't. Because he's seeing love right now from a very immature perspective and that's understandable because he's 16 but he sees it as transactional yeah that love is transactional i said i love you you say it back if you don't say it back that means you don't love me and she literally says think about it from my point of view my mom Mm -hmm. and he says you don't get pregnant by saying i love you which oh i know dean fuck you yeah but it's also because he didn't see the last episode. That's true. <laughs> so, like, at that that moment when Chris and Lorelai and Rory are all saying goodbye, he didn't see that interaction, so he doesn't really know where she's coming from, but he has an opportunity to. Yeah. To say, well, what is from your perspective? Tell me what's going on yeah. with you right now. Yeah, but or, like, he wasn't talking about, about her, and that, no. again, goes to show how immature this love is, because when you love somebody... In a very deep and true way, as we know as adults, because we've gone oh, yeah. through these phases. We roast him because we're adults. Exactly. Yeah. We roast him. Also, like, I roast Dean because, like, I see some of the things that I used to do when I was young in Dean. Do you hate Dean because you're Dean? Maybe. A little bit. <laughs> or not so much that I am Dean, that I used to be him when I was a yeah, teenager. Yeah, like, I overreacted to a lot of things. Teen I was Tara. very... Like, I would overreact to things. I had no idea where to place my feelings. Yeah, you kind of live and die by your emotions. I was very jealous. So, like, I understand Dean, but that is a reason why I like to highlight those traits because they are very toxic and something that I'm proud of for growing out of. So I love that. That is why I like to talk about this stuff because I think it's very important to talk about. I think it's important to... Not just for young girls to not get in relationships with these people, but to not embody these characteristics, nor think that they're okay. Yeah. Girls and boys. Yeah, both. You know? So, again, that's where I really fall off on Dean is when he starts to get mean about it. Because him making fun of her relationship with her mom, how dare you? Her making a pro-con list, talking to her mom about it, those are actually very good qualities to have. Yeah. At 16, especially. Oh, I just feel so deeply for Rory here because, like, so, she looks so, so lost. I feel so She had such a bad. good time. I know. The Is there a world in which she's wrong? I think there's a world in which... Just to be devil's advocate because I yeah, think so. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very fair question to ask. Again, I throw it to the fact that if I were in Dean's shoes and she was just sitting there going, like, I love the car. Like, that was not the reaction. Yeah. I, I think that she needed a minute to just gather her thoughts and I don't that's fault I, her yeah. for that. So yeah, that's a tough question to answer because I do Which understand well at the next time this happens. <laughs> I know, but I do understand where Dean is coming from again to a certain point until he starts getting really mean with her because until he's just straight up mean. Yeah, yeah. Because then this is where we start getting, please don't be mad. Dean, don't be mad because I don't think we will ever have a time between Rory and Dean where she does not have to plead with him in their relationship for him overreacting. This is what set the stage. Mad. Didn't you make an edit on TikTok of him of her saying, "Please don't mm-hmm. be mad." I sure did. Uh, she says it so many times, it's sad. and it's like this is kind of like the first moment of it. Yeah. Sad time. We're leaving the junkyard, and he didn't murder her, but he was sure really mean. <laughs> he murdered her with words. So we go back to the Firelight Festival, and we get coffee cup number four from Lorelai. I don't know where she got it, but not from Luke's. Yeah. She got it on her way home. Oh, that's fair. I didn't think about the fact that where she would have gotten that. Yeah, she must have gotten um, it on the way home. I also hope that Rachel sent that picture of Suki and Jackson to them. She better have. 
So they can post it on their Instagram. Yes. Hello. So then Rachel goes to sit down with Luke, and this is our first mention of the Founders Day Party Punch. And we don't even I know really Miss Patty too. makes it yet. Yeah. So is this where it's like kind of like born? Because this is the Founders Day sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. This is the Founders Day Firelight Festival. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So we get the Founders Day Party Punch again in To Live and Let Diorama. But that was because Old Man Twickham died, not because right. it was Founders Day. So yeah. the Founders... Fo- oh, let me look this up. It's season four, episode 13, is it not? Because that's when Jess comes back and says, I love you. So according to Gilmore Girls Wiki, which is like a fandom website, I'm sure yeah, that you've seen love it. them. Um, yeah. The Firelight Festival celebrates the founding of Stars Hollow, and it's celebrated in late winter, early spring. Miss Patty usually no. supplies her Founders Day party. I know, right? <laughs> it's midwinter. <laughs> Wow, you're right. It's in Nagam Nadi is where they found the Gnostic Gospels. I was looking at to live in that diorama because of the Founders Day punch. And I was like, no, right. it's not. It's not Founders Day. No. Wow. The Firelight Festival. You're right. Because Liz wants to go get some party punch. Yeah. And Luke is like, oh, my God. <laughs> Why are all the women in Luke's life Founders Day punch junkies? I know. Wow, I forgot When, about when that. Rachel's like, oh, that punch is great. Um, girly that stuff is so that's good. not what it comes to be yeah. maybe they uh enhanced it they as might it went along. wow yeah. you're totally right i forgot i thought that that was the winter carnival but it is the firelight so. festival you're yeah. totally right dang but it does happen in winter at least that's seemingly yeah. when it's supposed to be happening yeah it's a bad night for rory both nights she gets ambushed with it i love you yeah, that's what i'm saying <gasps> yeah they forget the matches but things sure do burn <laughs> they surely do so we get Rachel sitting down. We kind of get a glimpse into her as a photographer. Do you think that between Rachel showing up to the diner earlier in the day and this scene that she and Luke are having, do you think they just sat in the car, windows up, no conversations? Had to have. Because now he's asking her, what are you doing here? No, because, yes, that is true. He is now asking her in front of us, but she does make mention of like, who's Lorelai? You haven't said anything about her. Yeah, she says something to the effect of like, through all the town gossip, that's the one person you have not mentioned. So it's like, maybe they were like, kind of catching up at the diner. She stuck around. And he's like, now we're going to go to the Firelight Festival. And now that like, it's dark. Yeah. Maybe they both had a glass of punch, or at least Rachel has. And they're just kind of like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting about this conversation is that Luke says, you have a tendency to show up and then leave suddenly. So this is not the first time that she's returned to Stars Hollow, or at least that's what has been alluded to. Big Christopher vibes. (laughs) So maybe Anna Nardini was like the in-between girlfriend between Rachel showing up, leaving, coming back, leaving. It sounds like she's done this more than once. This is what we talked about, though. This would have been so much better to have brought Rachel back. Instead of Anna. Instead of Anna Nardini. 1,000%. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And have, like, a baby that's, like, from this time her being there, and then in season six, she comes back around. That would have made so much more sense. It would have been, like, something that we would have understood Mm -hmm. rather than completely out of left field. Truly. Anna Nardini. But anyway... Rachel and Luke are talking. Rachel asks about Lorelai. And this is kind of the first time that we've ever, this is the first time besides his conversation with Emily, where we have seen Luke talk about Lorelai and their relationship. He's very honest with her. He is. He is very honest with her. Or like Luke honest. Yeah. It's like he kind of talks around it, but he's not saying she's just a friend. Nothing going on there. But you can tell he's very comfortable with Rachel. And at first when I was writing my notes and I was watching this scene, I was like, wow, he's actually comfortable with her in a way that reminds me me of Lorelai it wasn't until Lorelai sits down after Rachel goes to get the party punch and they start talking that you see even though there are similarities 
he is instantly more comfortable with Lorelai and yeah. understandably so because of the circumstances and like maybe comfort is the wrong word it's like he lightens up he like there's like a shine that enters his eye that oh, like and they have like jokes back and forth they're laughing yeah, yeah the banter oh for yeah. sure because it's like almost like it's like being with someone who feels like family a little bit maybe with Rachel yeah. like someone that just really knows you but when Lorelai comes it's like star eyes I like know. stars in the sky yeah. the hollow forest mm-hmm in Luke Dane's eyes. And I think Rachel knows that, but she sticks around because oh, she, she totally wants to does. know for sure. And this is right before this scene actually really takes off. This is when we get a glimpse of Lane. Hi, Lane. Uh, hi, hi, everybody Lane. in that poor kid's family. <laughs> I know. They're all out here walking through the cold. None of them have Founder's Day punch. That's all right. Lane has a really big jacket on. <laughs> Question, have you ever seen the outtakes from this scene between Lorelai and Luke? I don't think so. It's really, really cute because it's like the wide shot of them running this scene together. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We'll have to post it on our Instagram. Oh, wait. Yeah, let's post it. But he says something like, I love you. And then they keep going and she goes, that's not right. Well, now the show's over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love. Yeah, it's really cute. I like it a lot. We'll post it on our Instagram. It's very fun. But I just love their banter. This is when he says that Taylor and Harry got into a fist fight. Show us you can cowards why'd you show us suki and jackson show us that this is one of those moments that makes me laugh in the same way that like taylor's cardigan does because yeah as you know like two really big people that like fandoms that overlap is taylor swift and harry styles so when they say did you were you here when harry and taylor got into a fist fight i was like i want to take that little piece of audio and like put it somewhere else like on the tiktok sound because i was like harry and taylor got into a fight but like i just was like imagining harry styles and taylor Fisticuffs. Yeah. Harry Fisticuffs. Harry Fisticuffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they're the selectmen and the mayor. But um I love it. That's the end of uh, Mayor Harry. That is the Bye. yeah, that's the last we hear of him. Ta ta Mayor Harry. I love when Lorelai then sort of pivots the same way that Rachel did into asking Luke about Rachel. She goes, So yeah. what's the haps between you two? And he's like, The haps? She's like, Yeah, like what's going on? He goes, I know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> I love the two of them. Their banter is just perfect. These two idiots. He talks here about oh, what was it? About jumping in. Yeah. But it just feels like that partings I can't just jump like this. Mm. And I'm sorry to hear that. <gasps> You're right. You're totally right. Because he says it a lot to her. He says it like about opening the inn, about here, but like they're always talking about something else. Mm. But the subtext is that they're talking about themselves. But wow. when they finally actually are, you can't do it. Dang, you're totally right. Not so watching partings too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. So Lorelai goes home. She calls Max. She gets the voicemail and Rory walks in. Do you think that she would have left a voicemail? Ooh, interesting. Had Rory not walked in? I think so. Well, because do you think she called Max because of the way that her conversation with Luke ended, where it was like, he was like, I'm going to go check in on Rachel. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's nice to have someone to check in on. Yeah, I do. So she's calling Max. I think it's a combo. I think it's about jumping in and taking the plunge. I think she's been looking Mm -hmm. for a sign this whole week or, you know, (gasps) Fucking Luke gave her the sign. Yeah. He says no cell phones. Don't call him. (laughs) But him going to find Rachel, I mean, is kind of the indication that he's going to give this a shot. She totally would have left a voicemail. Mm -hmm. And it would have been as rambly as every other conversation she's had here. Exactly, exactly. But Rory walks in and she can instantly tell something's wrong. But this shot of Lorelai at the end, like half in the dark, very weird. Spooky scary. Very spooky scary. This episode's so spooky scary. I didn't realize how spooky scary this episode was until now. I started crying when Rory says we just broke up. Like, 
I was in it. I was there. But then the strum strums, like as it takes you out, like it's a really like poignant moment. And there's like, I'm like, (laughs) it was like, what? (laughs) Do that again? (laughs) I was in such, I was at the moment. And then it just like pulled you out of it. Takes you right out. I'm here crying. Her relationship is over. Lorelai's in this sensitive spot. Do you wish it instead ended the same way that Lorelai Lorelai ends? No music, just a blackout? Ooh. I wish that Lorelai Lorelai ended with the strums. (laughs) Oh, okay. Interesting. Because I hate that moment. You know I do. I know. We'll get there in seven years. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes we will but it's just like it's such like everything that just so happened just now is so tender like the way that luke like tapped his fist to her knee as he's leaving mm. my little like romance novel heart was just like dying because yeah. you know how like intensely that would have been described mm-hmm. in a novel she's about to go max they just broke up i'm crying and then up. what the fuck <laughs> i just love your interpretation of the strum strums <laughs> I'm really into this. That's n- none of them were right. None of them was the right tune. That's but hilarious. You know. Yes, you I know. So we're left on a That's cliffhanger. It. Not really a cliffhanger, but we are about to pick up at the same place we left off, which has been happening a lot in season one. Yeah. Not nearly as often as I feel like it happens in other seasons. Yeah. Continuation episodes have been their thing. Yeah. But at the same time, the continuation, the continuity wrong. Oh. What day is it? What's going on? Oh, I agree with you. You know? I think that's what's hindering them with the timeline is that they keep doing these continuation episodes and then that's not leaving space for all of the other things that happen afterwards to have occurred before they they move on to another continuation episode like this one. It's exhausting. But that's what we're here to do. Anyway, it was still a great episode. I love this episode. I didn't realize how much I liked it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, as we're moving through this, like, because I feel like at the end of it, we kind of, like, figure out what our ranking of our favorite episodes are. Yeah. Before this, I think I would have ranked this one a little bit lower. Not at the bottom, but, like, I don't think I would have put it as high. Yeah. But I think that after having seen it now, I definitely will. So far, what's your favorite episode of season one as we rewatch this? You know, I don't know. I still think it's forgiveness and stuff. Oh, I love such a good forgiveness episode. and stuff. Such a good episode. But this one's like kind of high up there. Yeah. I don't know if there's like one that I like better. Like I kind of want to like throw all of my previous ideas about it out. I kind of actually want to go through right now and like rank them and see where I'm at and yeah. see kind of where it changes. Yeah. But this one was really good. I felt a lot of QD Dean vibes until he was a total asshole. I know. So our coffee cup count is now up to 50 total cups of coffee because we just added four and we had 46 on the last one. So your guess was 63 and mine was 70. And that's for the whole total of coffee cups that have been presumably consumed or directly consumed this entire season. Yeah. We'll see. How many episodes do we have left? 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. We have five episodes left. Which is interesting because I consider this episode to be like the apex of this season. Uh, yeah. Well, we I think there are out- two. I think the first one is like Rory's Dance and Forgiveness and stuff. That's the first yeah. peak. And then it's kind it, of Lorelai's. Yeah. Drops down and then comes back up for this. Not totally. necessarily that the drama drops. It's just more of no. like the conflict. <laughs> the drama The conflict comes to a head the in the end of Act 1, I think, is Rory's Dance. Yeah. Beginning of Act 2 is Forgiveness and stuff. End of Act 2 is star-crossed lovers and then the breakup part two is going to usher us into the last little bits of season one can't wait i think we can get 13 cups in five episodes maybe more maybe i'll be the winner maybe what did we decide the winner was just the winner just the winner you just get to be the winner it's very cool that's cool i'm excited so 
That was Starcross Lovers and Other Strangers. If you are a Patreon member, we are going to stream The Breakup Part 2 this Friday, so you won't be missing out on an episode just because we chose to air this on our Gilmore to Say Day. But if you're not a Patreon member, you can join by visiting our website at www.patreon.com slash Gilmore to Say. There are three different tiers that are available for you to join, and we hope to see you there. Okay. Okay, love you, bye. Love you, bye. Bye.